Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we are talking about another Oscar-nominated, hopefully, movie called The Holdovers that came out last year. Oh, yeah. Weren't the nominations supposed to come out already? No, they come out on the 22nd or something like that, like next week. Oh, this article I read was hella wrong. Really? I think it's, I thought it said like between the 11th and the 15th. And I was like, it is the 17th. Hmm. Tuesday. It's on, it's on Tuesday. All right. Next Tuesday, which actually this episode will be coming out after the, (laughs) the nominations. So. Oh yeah. So uh, don't get mad at us for not knowing (laughs) who, who who the nominations are because we are recording this early. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, so the holdovers. It is an Alexander Payne movie. The I believe the only other Alexander Payne movie that I have seen is Sideways. Um, yes, I think me as well. I'm pretty sure I've seen that movie. Yeah. Oh, I okay. Let me let me look because I have seen some of his other movies. I think I've seen The Descendants a while ago. I've, I've heard great things about that movie, and I just never watched it. Um. Uh, that's... Oh, Nebraska. We... I believe I watched maybe half of Nebraska. Okay. But didn't see Downsizing. No, did not. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sideways is go- is great. That, like, changed the face of, like, um, wine in America. Like, it, like, it actually, like, really impacted the way people think about Pinot Noir. Um, so I think that, you know, coming out of that and kind of knowing Paul Giamatti has already worked with this director, it's kind of great to see him again, um, many years later. I mean, Sideways was all the way back in 2004. So 20 years later. Yeah, we love, uh, we love Paul Giamatti in this household. (laughs) Big fat liar. <laughs> You're just the first one you go to is big foul liar. I mean, how, how could I not? I know, absolutely. He turns blue. This man, this man is in, in a billion and five things. Okay? I know, it's so true. Of course, the first thing I'm going to think of is big foul liar. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a big fan too. Um, and he won the Golden Globe for I think best comedy performance or something, and. Best actor, and so he like brought his Golden Globe to the In and Out afterwards, and so people just like saw him there with the Golden Globe eating In and Out. That's amazing! Oh my gosh, Paul Giamatti was in San Andreas, Alessandra. We watched that movie. Oh, we fucking sure did. I mean, obviously, I've seen like a million things that Paul Giamatti has been in, but oh my god, he's in so many things. He's a huge highlight in this. I mean, 
it's it's basically a cast of three, which is Paul Giamatti, Divine Joy Randolph, and Dominic Sessa. And I didn't know anything about this movie. I actually saw a trailer for it um, watching another movie. Like, mm. I don't know, maybe like four months ago or something. And it was yeah. like a horrible trailer. Like, I did not like the trailer at all. And I was like, I don't want even want to see this movie <laughs> because of how bad that trailer was. That really goes to show you how important trailers are and how much they could either like it's so crazy how some trailers are nothing like how the movie actually is or it does absolutely nothing for the movie and makes it makes no one excited to see it um i don't think i ever watched a trailer for this um yeah i don't normally watch trailers if i do probably probably like you i saw it while i was in theaters but i honestly don't even think i saw a trailer for this going to see something else i really mm-hmm. don't i didn't even know this movie existed until like a couple weeks ago when like it when like the oscar when like the oscar <laughs> nominations and stuff were were coming up like i didn't yeah. even know this movie was out um but yeah this movie gave me like breakfast club vibes oh yeah <laughs> And that might be why I liked it so much. Oh, yeah. This movie was delightful, okay? Absolutely delightful. It was so good. (laughs) I'm really glad it wasn't depressing because I just did not want to have to deal with that today. Um, It it had its moments. Like, like, these characters are definitely not happy people. But yes, this movie was not just real... (laughs) The tagline on this poster is discomfort and joy. (laughs) Because three people who do not want to spend the holidays together are forced to spend the holidays together. Um, Yes. So for people who don't know what this movie is about, um, I said Breakfast Club because it's basically about uh, students who who have to stay at the school for the holidays. Like they aren't able to go home. They didn't get permission to you know go with any of their friends and they're not going home to see their parents over the over the christmas break over the holiday break um and so boys boarding school yes boys boarding school um and so they have to stay at the school for two weeks during the break and be basically babysat by faculty by a faculty member (laughs) yeah yeah and it happens to be this uh, ancient history teacher played by Paul Giamatti and then also the head uh, cook um, played by Divine Joy Randolph. So, Which, and she- if Mary didn't go, who was going to feed them? Um, well, like, I think that she just was sticking around. Like, that okay. that was her just, that was her plan. If it, if it wasn't her, someone else would have? Yeah, I feel like okay. somebody would have figured out how to feed them. But, um... Okay. <laughs> so but so at first there's a few kids left um and you know there's some Quite a few. there's like there's like six of them or something yeah you know they're all kind of like misfits one of them's just a real shithead um the other one's like a really really rich like rebel kid with long hair um get a korean kid and then a a mormon kid so like they're just totally missed mismatched children, and yeah, was it was it Teddy Koontz? Was he the asshole? Oh, that guy was 
Yes. So yes. mean. <laughs> I see your face. He like would pick on everyone. Like no one was safe from this no. from this little snot. He just oh god, he was terrible. And him and Angus like hated each other. Yeah. Angus <laughs> was so such I, an instigator. I, yeah, he was an instigator. He was not afraid to push buttons as well. Um, and, you know, he was kind of a refreshing character because he was kind of a little shithead too, but he had like a heart of gold. It, it was like, he was just like a young, you know, he acted like quite young. He acted like he was like 16, 15 years old, you know, like just really outspoken and rebellious and kind of angsty. He was yeah, cute. we 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 kind of learn that you know all these all these boys that were held over, you know, had had like kind of a sad reason. Like one of them was, or one of them was kind of stupid. I think Jason Smith was the was the one where his father just wanted him to cut his hair. Yeah, and he, and he refused, and so it was like it, it was like a battle of it's a battle of who would cave first. Uh-huh. Is my son gonna cut his hair, or is the dad gonna come pick him up in his helicopter and take him skiing because he just doesn't care? Like it's just. <laughs> So it's 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 stupid shit like that, and then it's like, and there's like some more sad stuff like, uh, like I think a uh, Yijun Park, like mm-hmm. his family was in Korea and they just didn't want him to travel there by himself. So it's just, you know, he was just stuck there. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's it's really sad. And then he like cries yeah. in the middle of the night, but like Angus is there and he's like, "Hey, dude, it's okay. Like we'll change your sheets in the morning. You're gonna be all right." Don't let the other guys yeah. see you. <laughs> yeah. And then we learn pretty early on that Angus has a, uh, his mom remarried. I, I, I think we assume mm-hmm. his father is dead. That, that is, that is what we are told, um, at first. Yeah. And, and his mom is remarried or she's, you know, seeing someone. He has a stepfather and they, they, and they're re- oh my God, like this, this part made me so mad because, because they were like, they're like, oh, you know, they just, they got married and haven't had time to go on their honeymoon. It's been literally months and they chose Christmas yeah, to have a honeymoon and purposefully didn't take Angus home for the holidays. Like, it's horrible. Like, Angus is like, terrible. so excited to go to St. Kitts to go to like a tropical place to get out of this snow, this cold, you know, Western mass snow. And it's just like. He he calls his mom calls him. She's like, "Sorry, like, we don't want you there. You're just gonna have to stay at school." It's it's the saddest thing I've ever heard. It's just so devastating. Like this place seems stressful enough, and and you know the kids just want to get away for a little bit, like they deserve. And mm-hmm. he's just stuck there, and his whole his whole vacation is just ruined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he they make you know that I just kind of saw this once all the kids leave with the the rich guy jason they all get permission to go on a ski trip with jason um and stay with his family because i'm sure they have like a mansion and for sure you know but the only one that's left is angus because his mom can't be reached (laughs) so it's uh then it's just the three the three main characters and they have to just sort out what to do for the holiday and you know they really just butt heads a lot of the time and especially since angus is the only kid left like paul 
he's trying to like punish him like by saying like you know you can't just do anything you want and he's like you have detention now and he's like i literally like i'm the only one i'm not just gonna do detention (laughs) because like you say so um and you know they kind of have like a cute bond like they eventually go to the holiday party that another teacher puts on played by carrie preston do you recognize her? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> she's from True Blood. Yeah. And at first it seems like she's into Paul, but turns out she's just being nice. Like, she already has a husband. Yeah, so Paul Giamatti's character is like this hard-ass teacher that all the students hate because he's he's strict and he's not an easy grader and he So grumpy. So and grumpy. And he just... He's so grumpy. And he just doesn't give the kids a break at all like they they can they do everything wrong he can do no wrong he is the teacher he does everything like everything he does is correct and he can't do anything wrong and so it's just this it's just this very like battling of personalities basically at first until they kind of find a common ground and they can connect in a way um and and you know and that is one of the reasons why i love the breakfast club so much because it's yeah. like you get all these these people together who seemingly have nothing to do with each other but then they have everything to do with each other and they can find a common ground and uh mary is um she is grieving because her son was lost in the vietnam war mm-hmm. and so that is why and she feels guilty for leaving the school because she feels like She's still at that point in her grief where she thinks that leaving and, and having a good time is is not fair yeah. to to Curtis, her son. I believe her son's name was Curtis. Yeah. Um and so and so she stays back so that she can hang out with, with these two rapscallions. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's nice because, like, at first it's just, again, she also kind of is, she's going through her own thing and the kids are, like, especially that that Coons one that was just being a little shit. And uh, at the God, table he was terrible. like, said something really mean. Smack. Yeah, he did. He said something, like, mean about how the food sucks and that, like, she she shouldn't be this way or just because her son died or something. And Paul Giamatti's, like, gets so riled up like she like throws the spoon or something and he's like you have no idea what this lady is going through and it is just such a great little like burst from him he just has these like yeah incredible and it's it's all like kind of funny like it's all just a little bit hilarious whenever these kids like try to defy him and he gets like really riled up (laughs) about it yeah um yeah, and they, yeah, they they end up uh, getting close enough for Christmas and kind of consoling on each other and getting, you know, um, Paul gets them both like the same book for Christmas and <laughs> and then we find out later he has like a box of them just yeah. like in his room just to give people, I guess, <laughs> like just to just to give anyone who will take one. So funny! Um, oh goodness, there's a lot of really great details in this movie, like the set and the the locations and the costumes um you know the acting is 
really good. It is just like such a level above a lot of indie movies I think that we see. Like you can really tell the attention to detail. It just has that slightly higher budget indie film feeling. Yeah, it felt it felt super simple yet it was just packed with with all this extra loving care. Yeah. Yeah, like I really think that the sets were really they really really helped to to make this this movie feel uh, truly in like 1970s western Massachusetts. Like I mean, yeah, obviously I wasn't me there, the, but <laughs> <laughs> you sent me that article of all the places they shot. Apparently the school was shot in like various buildings like that were mm-hmm. not the same place, uh, which was crazy because like it felt very cohesive. I mean, we were at all different parts of the school mm-hmm. and it all felt like the same place. Yeah, it was which, amazing. It was awesome. I'm not sure how easy or hard that is to do, but I mean, I felt like we were at the same place the whole time because, you know, obviously that's yeah. that's how they filmed it, but... Um, well edited for sure very well edited and definitely saw the the commons mm-hmm. in there yeah i've been there there were all, so honestly most of the boston shots i knew where they were and they were even places that i've like i've been in that theater this they shot at the somerville theater like inside the theater um the outside of the theater is like it was really close to where my wedding was and that's like on the street where my parents stayed that's where the airbnb was um you know yeah they walk in the common they're walking they're in somerville seeing the buildings there and i'm like this is great because i i remember them filming this and i uh my friends were like oh they're filming this paul giamatti movie down the street from us today and so I went up Ooh. there and I missed it. It was like in the morning. <laughs> I was oh. like, damn it. <laughs> like I totally missed it. And, but I think they were shooting inside the Somerville Theater. And I was just like, okay, well, I was I was so close. <laughs> I mean, they've been filming a lot of stuff around me lately. And I'm like, I wish I just knew ahead of time so that I could go and watch them film. <laughs> I know there's got to be like a like a like a reddit page or like a or like a twitter account that 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 talks about like that knows the info before it's happened <laughs> yeah you sometimes know. they they will post you know because obviously they have to put like little don't park here signs because of filming oh, yeah. so i've seen yeah. those before in new york but i have not seen them in boston um and they're usually up up and gone so quickly um but, you know, pretty great to see this dreariness, especially literally it, there's snow and ice outside right now. It looks just like it does in the movie. Less, a little less snow, but like it felt like that today. <laughs> like the whole thing is like just dreary snow crunch. You know, it's beautiful in its own way. Um, yeah, definitely don't the- want to lose your mittens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that shit kid threw them in the river. I mean, he still had one, and even though he only had one, he still threw the second one. I was like, I was like, well, keep one. Ugh. You could use one. And just I'm put sure that, one in that pocket. the other guy's dad would have given him, uh, given him one anyway. Give him another pair. Oh yes, I'm sure. I'm sure he got many pairs once he got to the ski mansion. <laughs> 
um, Paul Giamatti's character starts to like soften up a bit. Like he starts to show who he really is and show that he wants. He once was somebody who was more vibrant than he is now. Um, and kind of like showing that and slowly showing that to Angus really gets him to trust him. And it's it's just, it's great to like unearth this, this stuff about these characters as you're watching it and like getting more and more close to them as well. Like watching the movie. I mean, I think the writer David Hemmingson did like, an incredible job like he's just done like mostly um tv shows and stuff before this so oh really yeah like he wrote like tv series like just just episodes and he wrote the whole series of whiskey cavalier (gasps) don't trust the bee in apartment 23 (laughs) it's great like this doesn't be like his first feature film because yeah. You know, maybe it is. Yeah, yeah. Good job, buddy. Know. You did it. Maybe get good, maybe wait. get a nom. Oh, oh, to him. Yeah, <laughs> so what? saying that too. Like, not you. To not I'm talking no, about not David Hemmingson. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, oh my goodness. Also, I think a really pretty breakout performance from Dominic Sessa, the guy who plays um, yeah, what else is this guy in? Angus. Nothing else. This is the first thing that he's been in. Literally nothing? He was oh so my good. God. It's great. Um, I liked his... so good. He kind of sounded like he had the cadence of Paul Giamatti sometimes. And I liked his line delivery. Yeah, yeah, I like his line delivery a lot. Yeah, when we when we see good kid actors, I mean, he's not like a child, but like the other the other kids were pretty good too. Like wh- when you get those good takes and you get that that good attention, good directing, you know, especially with kids, you could really really notice it. <laughs> like versus ones where they're not as good. So, oh, completely. completely um i also liked how this movie had a little bit of had had a little bit of humor to it it was like sometimes in the line delivery like when like when angus pops his shoulder out oh my god yes that's exactly what i was gonna talk about that was so (laughs) funny oh my gosh and just and i mean (laughs) Paul Giamatti's just I think I think he's he's funny and he doesn't even try to be. Like no. he just is like him just just huffing around the, yeah. the school, like chasing after Angus, like was 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 so delightful. And <laughs> and Mary just just being just being sassy to both of them was it was, it was like a really it was a really good trio. Like they yeah. had yeah, good chemistry. Really great chemistry. <laughs> he lies at the doctor's office, like his his arm is so so popped out of the socket and Oh gosh, it is they're like can we, he's like, Can we just like skip this insurance stuff? Because, you know, like my dad's here and I I only get to spend so much time with him. <laughs> yeah. 
And where yeah. did he get all this money from? Like he had he had this money on him, and I was like, where? No, his, his mom gave it to him for Christmas. Oh, okay. I missed that. I missed. Yeah, that. she sent him a a letter. A Christmas. Oh, that's right. The letter with the money in it. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think it was that much money. I was like, enough to pay a medical bill. <laughs> it, well, I think it the medical bill was before, but I think they might have mm-hmm. just pulled their money together. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and the and when they took him took him out for uh for for burgers, and they kept mm. they kept saying Miller. What was it? Miller. Light Miller highlight the champagne of beers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. He kept wanting to drink this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to get that that ice cream with the cherry the, with the brandy on it at the restaurant. Yeah. And the, it was called cherries. <laughs> jubilee or something what was it called <laughs> they couldn't give it to him because it had alcohol on it and <laughs> he's a kid yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, it was goodness. it was it was there's a lot of very sweet details in this and great performances um i i just really enjoyed watching it and you know i didn't really notice like too much like all of the music to me was just music from the era from like 1960s and 70s right i didn't mm-hmm. really remember like a score there might have been i just i just remember just like all of the 70s music you know like cat stevens and stuff yeah i don't i mean it's it's hard for me to remember a score um in general but i really don't remember hearing too much music from this movie if it was, it was, like, very soft and subtle. Yeah, well, there was, like, the pop music, and then there, yeah, I don't know. Not yeah. too much extra. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to look at some of these um, trivias. If we want to take a break before I do trivia. Oh, uh, yeah, let's do that. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, we are back. Um, 
The first one here says many of the scenes were filmed at Fairhaven High School in Fairhaven, Massachusetts in February 2022 during the school's February break. At this time, the area received a snowstorm to the delight of the film crew since many of the scenes took place during a snowstorm. They took full advantage of the weather and the snow. You've seen the film is from an actual snowstorm. I would think so. The whole thing is filled with snow. It would have cost... It's it's difficult to fake that. <laughs> like You have to bring in snow machines and things that are, or like make a bunch of ex- things that look far away like it's covered in snow it's a little bit difficult to do that yeah i remember seeing on i think it was on tiktok or something there was a clip from i don't know a, a hallmark movie or some some cheap holiday movie where it was supposed to be snow on the ground and it was literally just like a white blanket <laughs> yeah yeah it was on That's... the ground <laughs> It's really, exactly. Um, snow. So, this Dominic Sess, this is the second one, the second trivia. This, just for context, Dominic Sessa was born on the 25th of October, 2002. Okay. Um, it says, in one of the scenes, um, Dominic... Oh. Angus calls home. Dominic Sessa flubbed a take because he didn't know how to dial and had to be shown how. It hadn't occurred to anyone that he had never used a rotary phone before. Because he's a wee babe. <laughs> I mean, he's not that young. I mean, he was born in 2002. Oh, don't even tell me that. <laughs> 2002? He's a child. <laughs> yes, but... He's not, like, a baby. <laughs> no, he's not a baby. He's not a baby. Okay. Um, entire movie was shot in practical locations. No sets or sound stages. It's pretty great. Oh, this is really interesting because... I was going to ask you what you thought about this. Even though the movie features a heavy film look reminiscent of the 1970s, it was entirely shot digitally on the Ari Alexa Mini. All the hallmarks of celluloid film, like film grain, halitation dirt, and gate weave were added in post-production. Wait, so what does that mean? So, you know how at the beginning of the movie you could really tell they were using all the old logos and it was you know shaky crackly grainy looks like a 1970s film not shot on digital and throughout the movie it kind of has that grainy quality has that kind of speckles um flatness to it that Mm -hmm. film typically has and it says that that was actually not shot on film but actually shot with digital and then added that graininess later mm-hmm. oh okay I don't, I don't think i too much noticed that like any like it, it definitely felt like like flat like visually mm-hmm. but like not too like i don't know popping out at you or like too like very dimensional but i mean i i don't think i really noticed that that much yeah, I thought I thought it was an interesting like because it was a period piece it had the period piece feeling with the film as well. Like, yeah. That's kind of fun. I think we've we've seen 
other things try and like emulate that, but this is just really trying to like use the titles, use everything that makes it look the most like it's actually from 1970. Okay. Um, Sessa, Dominic Sessa had only acted on in stage plays at his alma mater, Deerfield Academy in Deerfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> Uh, where they partially <laughs> shot. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, uh, this one is funny. Paul Hunnam's Lazy Eye was Paul Giamatti's idea, and it started out as a prank on co-star Dominic Sessa before it being incorporated into the script. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he's oh, like, wow. <laughs> they were just taking pot shots at each other the whole time, and he's like, so which eye should I look at? <laughs> Yeah. I've always wondered. <laughs> it's good. So good. It was so sweet when um when Paul took the fall for Angus at the end there. So he wouldn't get kicked out of school. Yeah. It was so a very sweet. a very sweet ending, a, almost a little bit too sweet for me. But too sweet. You know, I mean, it's just still a little bit for Paul. He lost his job. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It just neatly. He's not tied actually up certified well. or credentialed. He probably can't find a teaching job <laughs> anywhere else. It just tied up in a little bow at the end, and you know that that was nice. I, it was very good, and I think because the whole the whole part of the whole movie before, to me, was not as sweet so that's why it it could it could be okay like you know compared to like coda or something which had that like emotional sweetness like running through the whole thing it was almost too much um yeah and also like with movies that we you know like for example rocket science that we watched recently that had that kind of indie film whimsy that so many early indie films had and like the you know, early to mid 2000s that like that just really great on me in 2024. This one yeah. did not have that. Like it did not great on me. It was exactly the right amount of small indie film feeling to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah. you know, a lot of, um, a lot in the direction, a lot in the production and trying to like kind of, make something that's going to be worthy of being nominated for an Oscar. Like you don't know what you're making sometimes. And I think the final product was really good. Yeah. Um, here's a trivia of what you already said earlier, but David Hemmingson's feature film screenwriting debut. Oh, he's only written and produced television shows and made for TV movies, but this that's... is his first screenplay that's been premiered in theaters yes i love it oh i'm gonna read this one in 2023 uh alexander payne spoke about the films he screened for the crew for inspiration in the somerville theater in boston they were kind enough to let me screen six or seven prints of films 70s movies for the cinematographer the production designer the costume designer and also for dominic sesso because he hadn't really seen those movies and i wanted him to get a sense of the movie he was about to be in i ran the graduate 
from 1967, The Landlord from 1970, Harold and Maude, 1971, The Last Detail, 73, Clute, 71, Paper Moon, 73, and All the President's Men, 76. We weren't trying to be consciously emulate the look and feel of any single one of those films, but we all wanted to splash around in the films of our contemporaries, and we had been making a movie then. I feel like the Somerville Theater would be like, oh my god, Alexander Payne, of course you can watch these 70s movies for, like, we're just gonna let you have the entire day to yourself. We don't give a shit. We can have the week. (laughs) Yeah, of course we'll close the theater for you. (laughs) My god, Alexander Payne, you don't even have to ask once. We'll do do it at all. (laughs) I want to check out this theater now. Yeah, it's cute. It's a Davis Square. Um, I've been to see a movie there several times. I think I'm going to have my uh, birthday party there. I'm excited. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be fun. Can you, like, rent out a theater for your birthday? Yes, you can. They have, like, a small one. It doesn't cost that much. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Um... Paul Giamatti claimed it was difficult to get the schedule for shooting right since Alexander Payne wanted to film in winter using real snowfalls and not use artificial flakes. Yeah. I mean, it, so when they were in Boston, there was a, there was snow everywhere. And I'm like trying to remember if they sh- if they shot this, they shot this in 2022 in February. I'm trying to remember what days and stuff we had snow because we really were the last couple years have been severely lacking in snow. So they must have been just right on the money with the only time that there was snow on the ground for longer than a day. (laughs) Like that, it's crazy. Um, Cause we really have not, (laughs) they really did a good job. This one's interesting. It says, so it looks like when the movie first came out, a lot of people were, calling it like a cozy Christmas movie. Yeah. And there's a Alexander lot of Christmas Payne movies. Didn't yeah. like that. Like he's, <laughs> he's hoping that it won't, that it won't be considered like a Christmas film, that it'll kind of like just be its own thing. And I definitely do. Even though this takes place during Christmas, like this is not a, a holiday movie that I would watch during the holidays. Like <laughs> he said, he finds that label nauseating. <laughs> yeah. That is I mean, so little, funny. That's a little dramatic, but... There yeah. was a lot of of Christmas songs in this. Like, a lot of choir boys singing. It even started the movie with choir boys singing, like, a Christmassy song. Like That's true. It, it, it was like so many Christmas songs were playing throughout this movie. I, I felt the Christmas spirit, but... You know. That's because people were connecting, and that's really what Christmas is about. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, move on over to the plot keywords? Let's do it. All right. We've got, jeez, we've got year 1970, year 1971, 1970s, teacher, boarding school. Whoa, Jesus. Why were there three that had to do with the date? I don't know why that's, like, right in the beginning. That is crazy. I know. It's like, do these things get, like, upvotes? And that's why, like, they end up in the front? Like, it just... I don't know how it works, man. Yes, I think it is. Like, people say it's helpful. (laughs) And the ones at the very front have have 
to have more votes, have more helpful votes than the rest of them. That's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this movie got an 82 meta score with 52 positive reviews, four mixed reviews, and zero negative reviews. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six, six one hundreds. Oh my god, I need, I need to just have these tabs open before I'm, I'm frantically clicking. Hold on. Hold on. I know. Now that dumb Ugh. Metacritic has made has changed, we're still ha- hating on you about that Metacritic. It's ridiculous. God. Um, God, I have, to, I have to do like 15 <sighs> clicks just to get somewhere. Okay. Okay. Here we go. 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 Did you, are you going to count? Are, how many 100s are there? There's six. Six of them. Yes. And the okay. lowest is a 40 from the Los Angeles Times. Ah, Los Angeles, why are you hating? Let's see. Um, <laughs> the Holdovers is a flat, phony, painfully diagrammatic movie masquerading as a compassionate, humane one. Oh. Wow, Justin, did you pull out the fucking thesaurus for this shit? Oh my god, like, why is he so angry? I don't understand. There's nothing in this movie that warrants that that dire of 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 no, it, it this was unnecessary was unnecessary <laughs> justin like who hurt you yeah who hurt you justin <laughs> my gosh okay um mm. Okay, I'm going to read this this Slant Magazine 63. It says, The Holdovers is ultimately about the absence of family. And as it watches three individuals come together and apart, it's subtly attuned to the way that class constricts people's lives. Very nice. Let's see. Do we have one from Consequence? Um, I don't see I'm not, one. I'm not see- oh, here we go. Here we go. It's oh, 91. Okay. It's All really right. high. It's very, very high. Um, I'm going to read it just because the holdovers is the easiest possible recommendation. A perfect time capsule of a, of a kind of movie that may not be totally extinct. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to read the 100 from Washington Post. It says, filmed in subdued tones of burnished browns, the holdovers might be the might be best described as the movie version of that favorite pair of corduroys that miraculously still fit. Stylish, if a little worn in places, softened by time and made more generous by the life lived inside them. That's so cute. <laughs> I know. That is that is the cutest little blurb I've ever heard. I know. It's, oh it's, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you, Anne Hornaday. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. The cutest blurb by the cutest named person. My <laughs> goodness. Yeah. Wow. Um, I... I personally think this movie was fantastic. I've been watching a lot of great movies at the end of the year, you know, for the this uh, these Oscars coming up, and it's just really blowing me. Every year when I watch these movies, I get even more blown away by 
how good they are and just how much not as good movies I watch for the rest of the year. So (laughs) (laughs) it really Um, just, you know, when you compare them, it's like, oh, my God, like, you know, there there is a reason some of them get nominated for Oscars and there's a reason some don't. It's just. You see it, (laughs) you see it in movies like this. (laughs) It's. It's crazy to think, I I know I for sure went through, like, my snobby movie phase where I was, like, where I was just shitting on bad movies just to shit on bad movies. Like, oh, well, it's not this movie. But, like, I don't know if it's, you know, I'm 30 now. (laughs) You are! Happy birthday! I'm officially 30! Yes, I have been for the past couple days. Um... And, uh, and I've, I've just now, I've now come to appreciate a good, a good shitty movie because, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Life's, life's short and you just, you just gotta like what you like. Oh, yeah. if, If it makes you happy, then it's a good movie. If it, if it's good to you, it's a good movie. Um, and, uh, that's all I gotta say about that. But I do, I do love a good, a, a good Oscar nominated movie. If if this even gets nominated. I mean again, this is before the Oscar noms are out. Um but I'd be very surprised if this didn't. This this movie was very good. Um and I hope it does. Yep. But this I... is just the beginning. We have so many to watch. <laughs> well, I have I've actually been doing pretty good. Uh it's oh, you yeah. got to catch I'm up behind. with me. <laughs> I'm very behind. <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm kind of several ahead of you at this point. So, you know. That's very true. Well, We're make I do work. have some time to catch up. You you will be gone for a little bit, and so I will hopefully use that time wisely. Who's yeah. who's to say I will? Who's to say I will? But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's... But I will do my best. <laughs> I will yeah. do my best. Oh man. All right. Anything else we had? We didn't have too much to say about this movie because ultimately we liked it. And it's <laughs> that's that's what happens sometimes, you know? That's what, That's what happens. If we like a movie, we don't really we don't have much to say. It's just good. It's really good. If I recommend it. it. It's great. Yes. Like I, I would watch it again. I would. You know, I'd probably watch this again. <laughs> I think I would. Yeah. What, what what I watch Breakfast Club again first? Yes. Yeah. But this was very good, and I think I would watch it again. Um. All right. Is that all we have to say about that? Yep. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and IMDb. We are also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. You can email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow our social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Just search All By The Popcorn or All By The Popcorn Podcast. And we have merch. So please check that out. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.